This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am at UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. What an evening. What a night last night was in the world of football transfers. Of course, it didn't necessarily involve Arsenal directly, but considering all of the chaos surrounding it, I felt compelled today that I think we need to discuss it. We need to talk about it. It needs to be a focus because there are indirect impacts of course on Arsenal due to the transfer chaos of of last night and uh, I think it's important that we discuss it in detail so we're going to do that but of course first of all good morning to those joining us in the chat box Clintsy good morning to you to Guna Jake uh, good morning to Olu good morning to PJ uh, we've got Ansel and Louis and Keems good morning Amira uh, we've got uh, who else in in the chat box Blackshine Martin Steve Stephen Red Star Matt G front row Darren uh, good morning guys I uh, hope that you've had a fantastic uh, week so far you've made it to uh, to Friday as I always say, congratulations. Getting to the end of a week, you know, end of a weekdays is is a, is a good achievement. It's worth celebrating. So good morning. And uh, yes, welcome to the weekend. So I like to say Friday's a weekend. It basically is the start of the weekend. You've got to get through one more day of work and then the majority of you, I'm sure, are going to be having a nice time off on Saturday and Sunday. I hope that you join us if you're available and in the London area on Sunday at our live show. Um, and I hope that if you're going to the game tomorrow, that it is going to be very successful in terms of a day out for us all as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's stories. Do drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. As always, Little John, I've just pressed the like button. Follow Little John. He seems to know what he's doing. Uh, Zinchenko has been pictured back in full training, which is absolutely excellent news. We knew that he was out and doing some ball work and running and all of that stuff and has been gradually building up his fitness over the course of the summer. Took part in the game for Ukraine in a very short cameo period as well. But Zinchenko being back and available gives Arsenal a big push. And I really am interested to see if both Timber and Zinchenko can operate in the same team, if they can be utilised in you know, similar moments or in times of need. And we we'll, might have both Timber and Zinchenko on the field at the same time. I'm really excited to see 
whether or not they can play together, whether it's something that we can try. Very, very excited indeed for that. So looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing Zinchenko back in an Arsenal shirt. Pepe's Besiktas move is said to not yet be dead. It could still happen. However, it seems that Besiktas' uh, resolute kind of position to not pay any transfer fee has remained. Well, the discussions between Pepe's representatives and the Turkish side continue. There's also interest from Fenerbahce. We talked yesterday about how they're being interest from Saudi Arabia and Italian sides as well. Arsenal will be hoping to get some kind of um, kind of transfer fee for, for Nicola Pepe. But right now, seems that uh, we still remain in, in a bit of a, a limbo state regarding Pepe. But hopefully there's a resolution in the coming days and potentially weeks. Inter Milan have pulled out of the deal to sign following Balogun. Balogun at the moment still remains an Arsenal player and there are plenty of teams still interested in him. West Ham, Monaco. Monaco, we know, have had a bid, I think potentially even two bids at this point, knocked back by Arsenal. Uh, we know that Arsenal are looking for, to my understanding, a record sale. Our record sale at the moment is both Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I believe, are around 35-plus add-ons, um, and Arsenal are looking for around £40 million, uh, at least, to try and get a sale of Balogun. And Arsenal will be very hopeful that they can get that deal done. If they can, it would be a significant boost to Arsenal's funds and maybe enable them a little bit more freedom uh, through the FFP rulings as well. But Inter Milan being out of the, the race because they can't match what the figures that both Monaco and West Ham are looking to. And so it seems that if Balogun wants out, it will be to one of these two clubs, unless another party involves itself. We know how kind of quick the Monaco thing happened and they came out of nowhere. So it's all certainly well and good that we could see Monaco as well uh, be joined by some other surprise clubs too. But uh, yes, potentially £40 million worth of incoming, uh, still potentially there. The Kudus situation, as we understand it right now, is that the uh, kind of the timeline that Brighton and Kudus had to agree personal terms has expired at this stage, meaning that that agreement of around 40 million euros has also expired between the clubs. So despite initial agreements between Brighton and Ajax for Kudus, the time in which it has taken to try and agree personal terms has simply not yielded a resolution at this stage. It seems that Kudus is waiting for another club to come in for him. Maybe it's Arsenal, maybe it's Chelsea. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Arsenal, of course, as we've talked about, still in the process of trying to sell Balogun. Maybe if they manage to move Balogun on, it will free up the ability more so to do some bigger business like bringing in Kudus. I hope that is certainly going to be the case. But at the situation we're in right now, still no movement on Kudus on the Arsenal front, but a move to Brighton has stalled, it seems, at this stage. Now, moving on to what is kind of indirectly affecting Arsenal and the two main transfer stories of last night. The first one being that Harry Kane is set to join Bayern Munich in a deal that is going to be in excess of 100 million euros. This is both good and bad in a way for Arsenal uh, because, of course, Harry Kane's record in North London derbies precedes itself. It is very, very good. And no longer, it seems, at least until maybe he rejoins at a later date, will Harry Kane be able to join up with um, Arsenal in the North London derby. 
But, of course, Bayern Munich are a pot one team in the Champions League, meaning that Arsenal may face Harry Kane in the Champions League group stage if indeed Bayern Munich are drawn against Arsenal. It also creates a greater threat from Bayern in the competition in general and makes them stronger also. But I think overall, this is probably the outcome that Arsenal fans would have wanted to see happen. I think this is a positive thing. Um, I've said for quite some time that Kane would be Really quite foolish to not accept this move. He needs to be in a position to win trophies. He does not want to get to the end of his career and have not won any kind of silverware whatsoever. We can talk about Premier League goal records, but to be honest, it's just not worth it. It's it's really not. You want to be remembered for the trophies that you've won, not for any kind of record that could get broken uh, in the near future. And especially with a player like Erling Haaland in the league, there is no guarantees whatsoever about goal records and things like that. So um, Harry Kane will join Bayern Munich and could face Arsenal in the Champions League. But Spurs now are in a position where they have to try and reinvest that money. They have to try and find a striker in a market which simply does not have the strikers available that perhaps they will be wanting. Will they move for a Dusan Vlaovic? We'll have to wait and see. Will they move for a Randall Colo Moani? Maybe. They have both been potentially mentioned as replacements for Kane. Um, but I think this is devastating for Tottenham. Absolutely devastating. Considering the other day they had a friendly against Shakhtar Donetsk, they won 4-1. Kane scored all four of their goals. Um, Very, very difficult indeed to see how Spurs get back into the Champions League next season without Harry Kane in their side. So moving to Bayern now, gets them that deal, gets them that move early. An extra year playing in his prime years at another massive club. Well, not, not another massive club just a massive club so there you go lovely stuff uh and lastly one story of the day if you like Moises Caicedo will join Liverpool not Chelsea uh, after they fumbled the deal to sign the Ecuadorian international Liverpool will pay 110 million pounds including add-ons I believe to try and sign the player uh, the irony of this is that Caicedo could, of course, if he is signed in time and if it's done early today, could be registered in time to play against Chelsea on the first game of the season on Sunday. Um, who would have thought this would be the case? Who would have thought that Liverpool's midfield would be made up of both uh, Brighton midfielders of Alexis McAllister and Caicedo. Now, this obviously creates quite the talking point around Chelsea. I was lectured beyond all measure how Arsenal need to act like a big club, need to take some leaves out of Chelsea's book in how they do transfers. Well, not only did Chelsea fumble their number one midfield target, which was Manuel Agate, but they fumbled both of their midfield top targets in Moises Caicedo as well. And this leaves them in a position where Romeo Lavia looks to be the option they're going for. And Tyler Adams looks to be the other player. Now, Tyler Adams, I like, I think he's a good player, but my goodness, it is quite the different player and profile to that of a Moises Caicedo type deal. So uh, let's just wait and see what Chelsea end up doing between now and the end of the window to try and complete their midfield. What do I think about Liverpool? Caicedo, Zoboslai and McAllister as a midfield three is an exciting trio, but it is a brand new trio. It's a completely overhauled midfield. Losing Fabinho, losing Henderson, losing Milner. Will Liverpool be as good 
at the start of the season at least, it's going to take some time for Liverpool to, I think, gel Caicedo, McAllister and Zoboslai all together. But it is an exciting middle three on paper. I've always kind of looked at Caicedo and thought, I'm not sure whether this guy is an out-and-out low number six. And I felt as though he'd be a player that worked better in combination with someone. But because he's already got that chemistry, if you like, with McAllister, knows uh, what happens with him and where he likes to play and the combinations they have between those two, maybe it will be a more seamless um, kind of coming together. They are still, I think, vulnerable defensively at Liverpool. I think they will still be uh, vulnerable at the back and they will still ship goals. But uh, it would be naive and ignorant not to consider them as a real dangerous threat. Now, the money that is involved in this deal, £110 million, is a huge, huge, huge amount of money, more than what Arsenal obviously paid West Ham for Declan Rice. Um, because Arsenal were told that they massively overpaid for, for Declan Rice. I believe that Declan Rice is a better player than Moises Caicedo. And for me, I don't think Caicedo is more than around 60 million pounds i think that 60 million pounds is probably about what he's worth if we were looking at a market that wasn't ridiculous at this stage but it is ridiculous so i guess that that obviously does heighten that value quite significantly so but as john says what are they smoking over there at liverpool 110 million pounds is an investment for the future it is an investment on a 21 year old for the foreseeable who is expected to be in that midfield along with zoboslai and McAllister. Um, to kind of gel, become that midfield three. But it's uh, it's going to be very interesting indeed to see how Liverpool's team looks for the forthcoming season. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how Liverpool uh, kind of, I suppose, um, foresee their season going. Um, but losing some key players, they brought in some really young, exciting talent. But my goodness, Chelsea. Chelsea losing Nkunku for until December because of a massive injury, losing their number one midfield target in Agate to PSG, losing their next big target in Caicedo to Brighton. Is there a better sporting director in the league right now? Is there a better one for a big six club at least than Edu Gaspar? Edu Gaspar, for me, is without a doubt the best option that we could have as our sporting director the work that has been done to bring in players this summer, the deal that we saw completing and we will see an announcement maybe today for David Rea is quite the sensational loan with an option to buy um, with one of the best tattoos, if you can see his arm there, <laughs> I've ever seen. Very inspiring that. I quite like it. Uh, if you're listening on audio, you have to go hop over to the YouTube section to see that. Um, but uh, certainly, goodness me, Edu Gaspar, Best sporting director in the league? I think so. I think so. Yes, we can focus on sales. Yes, we can talk about the fact that we need to be better maybe at selling. But again, I kind of always ask people, what would you like Edu to do? What can Edu do more in regards to outgoings? What has he not done that he should be doing? Because getting £21.5 million for Granit Xhaka when by Leverkusen were initially going to pay £13 million, £21.5 quid for Xhaka, Five million more than treble what we paid Austin Trusty, getting five million for him, making a profit on Matt Turner, getting five million as well for Pablo Marie. We've sold 40 million pounds worth of players. We've rejected two bids for following Balogun, and we are standing principled and firm on that following Balogun valuation. We are looking to try and get 40 million pounds for him. Arsenal could end up recouping around 80 million pounds worth of players before even losing the likes of Tavares, Lukonga, Pepe, Cedric. Holding those still players 
still need to be moved on. So Arsenal could end the window theoretically on significantly more than 80 million, but let's wait and see. But Edu, for me, right now, this guy can cook up a storm of a barbecue. And my goodness me, as he cooked up a hell of a transfer window for Arsenal. Right, let's move to part two and your questions and laughs and jokes about how Chelsea are hilarious right after this. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If you'd like to join me, Harry Simeu, FK from Latte Firm, Mike Feinberg from the Gunners Pod, and Bailey Keogh from your boys to laugh a little bit more about Chelsea, you can do that with us on Sunday. This Sunday, this very, very week, we'll be live at the Marlborough Club. There are tickets available. Uh, there'll probably be some tickets on the door as well. For those that would like to turn up and get a ticket, you can do that at the May Club in North London. Um Newington Green, doors open 5pm, show starts at 6 this Sunday. Scan that barcode on your screen, set yourself to the ticket page, or you can go down to the link in the description. But don't miss out, and uh, I look forward to seeing so many of you for what is going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to just getting it done. You know, I've talked about it so much. I'm looking forward to just doing the show now and uh, having a great night with some fantastic people. Right, let's jump into the chat box, shall we? Baz says, I already rate this window. 10 out of 10. I'm at about an 8.59, Baz. I'm about 8.5 to 9. I'd quite like to see another forwards. I'd quite like to see us move on some players as well. Uh, and I think we're getting very close to that 10. Uh, DJD10 says, will the event be live on YouTube? We're going to record it and it's going to go out uh, a day or two probably after uh, the event. So uh, it won't be anything you've missed out on in regards to if you're abroad and you can't make it. Um, but just being there is going to be a great, great event indeed. Uh, Pinny wins. Is, is Edu the special guest at a live show? I'll tell you what, I'll have a word on Saturday if I see him. See if I can convince him to come down and, uh, and join us. Um, Frederick says, the way Tom worships Edu Gaspar and you're saying that Liverpool will not be a threat. I'm not saying that. Did anyone know? Did anyone hear me say that Liverpool won't be a threat? I don't think. I don't think that we. I don't think I did. Did I? Chat box. Did I say that they won't be a threat? I'm pretty sure I said that they will have some time to gel those players, and initially it will be a challenge. But don't make any mistakes. Liverpool are still going to be very, very good, and are going to score plenty of goals. But they have vulnerabilities. I think is what I said. 
Um, so make sure. Worships Edu. I mean, Edu's made mistakes. Don't get me wrong. There's things in the past I'm not particularly happy with, but I've got to go on what I'm seeing. I've got to go on what I am looking at from the perspective of Arsenal this summer. And that's all of our priority business done before the season starts, before the US tour started. We got our business done. Getting £21.5 million for Xhaka. Having sold £40 million worth of players already. The potential to double that because we're standing firm on evaluation for Balogun as well. I am excited about what this, uh, this man has done to Arsenal Football Club. And it is a very, very good job indeed. Uh, Stephen says, do you think there is another big signing? Is this why the Raya deal is alone? The, the reason the Raya deal is alone is to give Arsenal more freedom. It's to give Arsenal more flexibility and, uh, you know, room to move in if we want to. Um, and I think that perhaps there's been frustrations that Thomas Frank was talking about with Arsenal negotiations. You could understand why with Arsenal pulling off that, that type of deal. Um, so, yeah, Ainsley, if Kudus is to be signed, yes, I think he probably would be our last signing. I think we've got one more in us after Raya. I think we've got one more. I think that's off, not off any knowledge. That's me speculating. I'm predicting. I think we've got one more signing in us. So let's wait and see. Maybe more, depending on what happens at the start of the season with injuries or if opportunities rise up as well. Um, Maximia says, Tom, considering Liverpool are able to pay 100 million for Caicedo, did they mislead fans with the no money excuse on Bellingham? Maybe he was never interested in media and tried to protect Liverpool with this story. No, Jude Bellingham informed all clubs that he only wanted to move to Real Madrid uh, in May. That's the reason why there was all of this stuff around Liverpool and Man City. But Jude Bellingham informed clubs in May, that's before even the transfer window opened, that he was going to be moving to Real Madrid. So, no, there was no misleading, I don't think. Um, also, this the whole if you think about Liverpool's pursuit of Lavia, first around 30-odd million pounds, then around 42, then 45, all rejected. They don't value Lavia at 50 million pounds. Chelsea put in a bid of £48 million for Lavia, rejected, even though it's £2 million less, and they'll probably now go up to that 50 As I've been trying to explain to people before, if you spend money on a player, it does not mean you don't necessarily have the money to go for somebody else. It's not to do with budgets. The only restrictions really are around um, FFP and things like that. For me, it's always, and to my understanding of how these work, it's about valuations of players. Liverpool didn't want to go to 50 million for Lavia, but they valued Caicedo at over 100 million pounds themselves and were willing to go over that or maybe slightly over their valuation for that player to get him, to get that player done. And as I told people when they were panicking about the Rice deal saying, how can we be spending 65 million pounds on Havertz and we can only go up to 90 million pounds on Rice? And I tried to tell people, tried to explain to people, chill, calm yourselves. It's going to be fine. If Arsenal value Declan Rice at £105 million or over £100 million, they will pay that money. It's not related to how much money we are spending on Havertz and Timber. The deal is related specifically to how much we value Rice and what we're willing to pay. And that is what I explained to you. And that is what happened. And it's the same thing with this Liverpool situation as well. They didn't value Romeo Lavia at a point in which they felt they were willing to pay £50 million for, but they valued Caicedo at a much higher figure. And so despite not looking like they could afford Lavia, which was never the case, they could. They just didn't value him at that figure. So they didn't spend that money at that figure. They went instead for Caicedo and they got that deal done. Uh, Clive joining us in the chat. Pleasure, as always, my friend, to see you. Uh, Rumour is if Arsenal makes sales, they are after another six. Apart from Lavia, who could that be? Yes, I've seen, I think it's Miguel Delaney 
um, of the independent reporting that Arsenal still have interest maybe in another midfielder. I personally haven't heard that. So it's my it's been my understanding that Arsenal have been very happy with the midfield. Um, I think it would require maybe a Jorginho to go. Um, let's hypothetically, though, Clive, let's say, who could that midfielder be? Who's a midfielder that Arsenal could look to that they might be interested in bringing in? Well, we know that they've had an interest in Martin Zubamendi for quite some time, although I just don't think that he wants to leave La Real at this point in time. Um, other midfield targets? Again, the midfield right now, defensive midfield, it's not it's not full of options. And if you, if you look at me, another six after Rice, Partey and Jorginho are here. It doesn't make that much sense to me for Arsenal to move for another six, unless that six can also play in a box-to-box role. Now, he's not a box-to-box. He's not a six, certainly. Pedro Gonçalves up Sporting Lisbon, who plays as a centre-forward, plays as a right wing, and plays as a centre midfielder, scored that brilliant goal against us from centre midfield, if you remember, that knocked us out of the Europa League from the halfway line. Has been doing fantastically well, and I'd love to see Pedro Gonçalves at Arsenal. He's not a six, but can play as an eight, can play as a seven, can play as a false nine. So I'd love to see him, but I don't know who that six could be. I'm sure the chat box is now lighting up with potentially options. Douglas Louise, not for me, not a big fan of Douglas Louise, so I just don't think he's at the level. Uh, Jabu says definitely Yusuf Fafana. He would be, without a doubt, one of the top options for me. When I was at the Emirates Stadium last Wednesday, watching the Emirates Cup, my goodness me, did this guy stand out above everyone else on the field. Everyone else on the field. Fafana was absolutely gloriously good. So incredibly good. And I would love to see Yusuf Fafana at Arsenal. I think it'd be a brilliant piece of business. And if Arsenal can get that done, it'd be great. Um, Clive so says, I have a hunch that it could be Douglas Louise. I'm not, I'm just not convinced by Louise. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel like he pushes the midfield quality needle for me. You know, if it was up to me playing a number six, say Partey and Rice weren't available and I had to choose between Jorginho and Douglas Louise, I'd rather start Jorginho than Douglas Louise. I just don't feel he pushes the quality needle enough for me. There's just something about him I'm not convinced by. Um, (laughs) Clive, I have to agree. It's almost like he's reluctant, guys, to agree with me. I have to agree. (laughs) Uh, Adebola says Manuel Locatelli Ben and plenty of other you guys say Barella uh, Bibex is Palinha I think Barella and Palinha are two very expensive options Uh, Barella's not a six as well by the way he's more of a box-to-box midfielder Uh, Palinha certainly is a six but again I don't think you're going to pay the money that uh, Fulham would want to sell um, him for uh, Parvez says, Hey Tom, what do you think about an Inter Milan Barella swap deal with Balogun? I mean, if that's the way that you could get Barella through the door, maybe Balogun and 30 million quid, and then you can have Barella. I think I'd be up to that. Zuntas is Camavinga. Yeah, maybe in a different reality, but he's never going to leave Real Madrid. Never, ever, ever going to leave Real Madrid. Um, John says, For you, Tom, right winger slash front player or number six, a forward. I'd rather bring in a forward than another midfielder. I feel like we need that quick energy. We need someone that can give you a little bit more of Saka's needs a rest, needs rotating. And that's why I'd love to see Mohamed Kudus come in. I'd love Mohamed Kudus to come in. If I could have two more players, it would be Fafana and Kudus. They would be the two that I would personally bring in during this window. If I can have two Yes, uh, from Wolves, maybe, as an option. Really highly rated at Sporting when he was in uh, Liga Portugal, but not necessarily been able to, you know, find his feet in the Premier League so far. But 
maybe a bigger club, maybe somewhere where he can be utilised better. Could Mateus Nunez be that guy? Again, I'm not sure. Is he in out-and-out out number six? I've not seen loads of him. Um, but uh, maybe he's the one. Maybe he's the one. Holding says, the Tom and Clive show. Uh, we need to link up soon. I'm looking forward always to speak with Clive. And uh, But he's got an amazing gig going. And if you're not a listener, follower, watcher of the Arsenal Vision podcast, you need to make sure that you are. Uh, he is married to that show. Uh, married to Elliot, I should say. They are, yes. It's a, a glorious matrimony there between those two. And Paul and Tim as well. Cass says, there is still rumours circulating. Juventus wants to resume talks regarding Partey. Hope it's not true. But I did like Fafana's performance against us last week. Uh, keeping Partey is key this season. If Arsenal, for me, you know, uh, I've said it since the start of the window. This window is about reinforcing, not replacing. Reinforce this team. Have Partey and Rice. Look at what they both did against Man City. It was great. It was competitive. It was controlled. You know, we had real presence in the midfield with those two. Let's not disrupt that, please. Um, William Salibak says, what about Jeremy Pino? A really quick, technical right winger, Spain international, Villarreal. Um, very young, lots of potential. Not sure he's as accomplished yet as, as Mohamed Kudus is. I think I'd prefer Kudus to Pino, but Pino maybe is on the list of players. Uh, John says, how much would Kudus and Fafana cost? Um, I think for Fana, you'd be looking at upwards of £30 million, but still, I think that's a reasonable price tag. And I think Kudus, they agreed a €40 million Euro price with Brighton, but I think that would now be a bit higher because Brighton have kind of mucked them about a bit. Well, not Brighton. Kudus has kind of mucked them about a bit because he's not really agreed the deal. I think you'd have to pay about £40 million maybe now to get Kudus. So you're looking at about a 70 to £80 million total for the pair. And I'm not sure that we are going to be able to spend that this window. Maybe if you can sign Kudus on loan with an obligation to buy, similar to what we did with Raya, maybe that would enable us to, to adhere to uh, to FFP, potentially. Close says, Tom, is Fafana a real six or a box-to-box? The thing is, I think he can play both. Against Arsenal, he was very box-to-box, um, but he was very N'Golo Kante in the sense that he was all over. He basically fulfilled two roles in one game. Great moving forwards, great at progressing the ball, really good dual wins, uh, good interception rate as well. Recoveries were fantastic. He had two recoveries in um, in our half, um, recovering possession, starting off attacks at the highest point of the midfield. Really key. That's the type of like kind of tackler that Arsenal have sometimes, I think, needed in those big games where we can recover the ball high up the field. Add him into this group. And I think that you would have to move Jorginho on. I don't think you can have Jorginho, Partey and Rice and Fafana. And that is a bit overkill. But I think that he's got the ability to play both roles. You saw him getting into the position where he scored. He had a couple of shots outside of his goal as well. I think that box-to-box role it suits him. I think you could play him with Partey. I think you can play instead of Partey. I think that his ability to play both those roles, maybe leaning more towards the box-to-box, um, I think he's a great player. He's a great player. Um, Chelsea to get Lavia now, says Nick. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'd love to see Brighton go in and get Lavia now. How funny would that be? You know, how funny would it be to see Lavia uh, end up at Brighton and Brighton Chelsea just absolutely ruined? Absolutely ruined. That would be hilarious. And I kind of hope that it happens. Um, let's go to... Boom, boom, boom. Ben says, Eddie always seems to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Maybe someone no one is talking about at the moment. Uh, Williams, the says, TC, now that Kane is going to go to Bayern, where will the lot down the road end up? And will them getting relegated lead to a sad end of St. Totteringham's day? And thoughts on Jeremy Pino. Pino, I've already discussed. Um, Kane leaving, I think this leads Spurs. I had them down as seventh, I think, in my predictions. They could easily finish bottom half. Easily finish bottom half of the table. 
goodness me, what a terrible state of affairs. How much for shame is that, eh? How terrible. I'm oh, sorry, I was smiling too much as I was no, I wasn't smiling enough as I was saying that. Um <laughs> Zing says, Tom, what would be your ideal group stage? Oh, that's a good question. Uh Champions League pots for 23-24. Uh, let's have a look. Who is in each pot for the Champions League uh, this season? Ugh, ad blocker. Do you see? This is why you've got to get yourselves NordVPN. Gets you ad blockers. Lovely stuff. Um, I'd say it would be Feyenoord from pot one. Obviously, Arsenal in pot two. Um, I think we're still waiting, are we not, for some of the pots to be confirmed through like Champions League qualifiers. But of the players that we, of the teams we've got so far, I suppose it's Red Star and Lens. But we're still waiting on a lot of other teams, I think, to be uh, confirmed at this stage. I'm trying to find the most up to date. 24th of July. Uh, let's see if they've got all the teams. Yeah, we're still waiting on a lot of pot four and pot three to be confirmed. So. Uh, until we get all the all the teams confirmed, it's difficult. Very difficult indeed. Um, and says, Tom, 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 keep an eye on Joao Gomez of Wolves and uh, Maritz Kiergaard of Salzburg as well. Ants are coming in with some left field picks. Love to see some hipster choices. Um, we still have El Nenny as well. We can't forget El Nenny, Alex. Absolutely not. Still got El Nenny at the club. He's a good servant, does some really fantastic stuff for us and is an asset. I I like El Nenny. I know people want to rule him out, rule him out, but I, whenever you have El Nenny in the team, I don't begrudge his performances. I never really have anything to say critical, critically of his displays. I, they're not the only thing critical I have of El Nenny is that he's just not of the level of the Rices and the Partes of this world. But he never really puts a foot wrong. Does El Nenny? Very consistent performer comes into a game and usually performs. So despite the fact that we're all desperately keen some of us to, to see him moved on i'm glad he signed a contract extension that was the right thing to do great for the team great for the environment fantastic in the dressing room really good squad player and he is as esmond says he's he's underrated as a player he's not first choice he's not second choice he's not third choice for that sixth role he's fourth choice and to be honest i think you're going to struggle to find a better fourth choice cdm uh, the Mohamed El Nenny. When we have these League Cup games, when we have these maybe group stage games that we've already qualified from the group in the top spot, fingers crossed, and we've just got to use some players and rest some players, I have no problem with El Nenny. Absolutely no problem at all. No problem whatsoever. It's just nice. I think what's nice about El Nenny right now is that we've got Partey, we've got Jorginho, we've got Rice. There's no pressure on El Nenny having to come in at this stage. He's just there. He's around. He's accessible, he's usable if we need him, and I'm fine with that. Very, very much fine with that. I remember when people used El Nenny as a stick to beat Edu with, like, why is El Nenny still here? Why are we so... No, it's not the way in which you cultivate a group, a squad, you know, a core team of players. You keep vital players in the dressing room, especially if they're of a level that a fourth choice brings you some really positive um, output. And, you know, I think there's a difference between El Nenny and holding. I think holding was too close to, you know, the starting positions. Last season, really much so, too close to those starting roles. And that's because, you know, at the end of the day, holding was basically the second choice right-sided centre-back when Tommy Asu got injured and Saliba got injured. He came in, eventually Kivior came in. He was too close to the first team in a really key point of the season. And now we've added Yuri and Timber. 
you know, we have seen Tommy Asso and Steve come back to full fitness. And that has really enabled us to, to move holding away from that as close to the starting 11 as he was. Whereas El Nini is at a point away from the starting 11 where I'm comfortable with El Nini being in the squad. I'm comfortable with El Nini being here. I'm comfortable with when we are going to use him. So I think that's the difference between him and El Nini. And I think El Nini does produce more consistent performances when he's in the team compared to somebody like Rob Holding. Um, I can see that Yomi in the, in the chat box, who is a big fan of Rob Holding for completely satirical purposes, is very unhappy with my words, but that's the, re that's the reality. Ryan Kirkpatrick, our resident Liverpool fan. Ryan's been a long-term listener of the channel. Not seen you about for a while, Ryan. I know Liverpool haven't been doing too well. Maybe that's why you've been a bit quieter. Um, but it's good to see you back. I hope that the chat box is treating you well. But for those that are new, Ryan is a friend. Not personally. I don't know Ryan personally, but he's a friend of the chat box. He's been around for a very long time and uh, he's always been very sound with us, uh, even when Liverpool beat us. So he's very welcome here. But you've done some really excellent business, uh, Ryan. You've done some interesting business. I still, as I said at the start of the video, I think there are still vulnerabilities. I think there still are um, some cracks in that, in that group. I think you need depth in certain areas. But you know, certainly Liverpool are on the right pathway back to where they would like to be and have done some really good business. So there you go. Uh, Tebow said, who starts tomorrow? Fantastic question. And let me give you my answer. At 5pm this afternoon, because 5pm this afternoon will indeed be our preview show. I'll be joined by some of the members from our Discord server. If you'd like to join our Discord server, all you need to do is join up as a member, become an expert member or a TGT ambassador. Link to do that is down in our link tree in the description. I'll be joined um, uh, by what looks to be uh, Marcus and, uh, you know, the problem with the Discord is these days. <laughs> the problem with Discord this that these days is so many people change their name from who their actual name is that I don't even know who's coming on the show anymore. <laughs> and I'm just like, yep, send me your team and I'll just see you when you pop up. And then I'm like, oh, it's Marcus. Oh, it's Zamir. Oh, it's, you know, who is it? You know? Um, so yeah, these days it's three people will join us um, for the, for the show. <laughs> uh, three people will indeed join us. So do, uh, make sure that you are tuning in 5 p.m. today. Uh, Marcus is indeed on. Um, and, uh, you know, what I love about the Discord servers in some ways is that a lot of people have, have uh, done tributes with their names to Vinny, which is an amazing and a really nice thing to do. Um, so, yes. But uh, what I can tell you is that Marcus will be on. I think Mike, uh, Mike Gunnar in Perth, uh, our good friend who's been on the show a fair few times, uh, will also be on with us as well. And uh, Mr. Krabs uh, is also going to be on too. So I look forward to seeing uh, those three. And you can join us at 5 p.m. UK time uh, for a preview show of the game against Nottingham Forest. I will be there tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get back to the Premier League, get back to the games, get back to everything to do with Arsenal. I'm probably going to be sticking around a little bit after the game as well because it's an early kickoff. I love early kickoffs because it means that I can stick around after I've finished up with my duties after the game and chill for a bit in the afternoon in London. So I'm looking forward to seeing and meeting up with Mike and that. I'm sure I'll meet up with a fair few of you after the game as well, if you're sticking around in London. But if you have not already got your tickets to our event, please, please, please do come along. Uh, Sunday, two days, two days time now. Scary. I better get prepared <laughs> for this. Um, but Harry Simu FK, Mike Fernberg and Bailey, uh, will be joining me for a live event on Sunday at the Mouldmate Club. Uh, 5 p.m. doors open. 6 p.m. the show starts. First come, first serve on seating. So if you are planning on coming along, the earlier you get in, the earlier you get your seats uh, and tables. So make sure that you do indeed 
go and do that. But the link is down in the description or you can scan that code on your screen as well to access the page to get your tickets. If you have struggled for some reason with whatever getting tickets, send me a DM and I'm sure I can help you out with that if you're struggling to get those. Um, and uh, we'll have a list of all the people that have bought tickets as well. So we'll be able to tick you off as you come in. So don't worry too much if you were having a panic up about the ticket system. So don't worry about that. We'll have a list of everybody that's bought tickets um, on the door. So yeah, lovely stuff. All right, people. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'll be back actually at 10 a.m. Uh, on the Arsenal way. I'll be joining uh, Uma, who is now, you know, bigging it up with celebrities. He interviewed Roman Kemp on the Arsenal way. So if you haven't gone and checked out his, uh, his interview with Roman Kemp, fantastic Arsenal fan and radio producer and presenter. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing... Uh, people tomorrow at the game and I look forward to speaking with you again of course at 5pm UK time with our preview show for the game against Nottingham Forest tomorrow have a fantastic Friday enjoy it stay safe stay well and as always and most importantly because Chelsea oh, oh what a day Spurs oh, what a day I'm sure man you know they're going to make me laugh at some point as well um, but yeah Chelsea and Spurs unlucky I'll tell you how Man United fans have made me laugh. Some of those Man United fans with their predictions. Adam McCola, wow. Wow. This guy's obsessed, obsessed with Arsenal. I love it. I love it. Anyway, have a fantastic day, people. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.